It's December 6th, 2020, and welcome to episode 47 of the Baby Metal Podcast. We gather in the podcast Discord server on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I'm Paul, and I am joined by Kevin. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And Callie. Hello, everyone. And quite possibly Callie's cat. <laughs> Last time, <Maybe>. Callie's <laughs> cat was featured quite prominently. <laughs> Pocky metal dis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Had some strong opinions and words to say about the Katakawa last time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so uh, this is the second episode where we were looking at this very large 10th anniversary special thing that uh, was published and has a bunch of interviews and things like that. And so we've we've gone through the first half. I think we've made it up to page 113, if you're following along at home, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which, which constitutes basically the first... Um, uh, first three of five spiritual message interviews, and we'll do the the last couple uh, today, and then and other things in the last half. But we'll get to that later. Uh, first, there's actually been a fair amount of news that's happened in the past two weeks that we can maybe talk through. There's sort of two uh, large blocks of magazine news and television news that I think we could talk through. There's still things to talk about and sub things to talk about, but there's there's a it's it's another season of being in magazines, I guess. Yeah. So is that ever out of season? I feel like that's just always happening these days. Well, yeah, although it does seem like they come in waves. So Mm. there have been shows where we haven't had magazine news, but yeah, there's a bunch of the usual suspects. Actually, they're they're all usual suspects. (laughs) (laughs) Are. I guess I guess that means we should be getting a another Hedobon one soon too. Mm. So the first one I have down here is Young Guitar, um, January twenty twenty one issue um, that comes out on December tenth, and they have the cover of that. They have over a hundred pages on Babe Metal alone, which is impressive. Although I think my guess mm. is that a large chunk of those are song transcriptions. They have a feature story, which is a 10th anniversary look back on history, and they, they have interviews with Sue Metal, Mo Metal, and Koba Metal, um, talking about... Uh, so the Sue Metal and Mo Metal uh, interviews are 10 years of history in 10 key words, and the Koba Metal interview is something about what is guitar in baby metal. And I think that sounds interesting. So it's not necessarily going to be just duplicating what we already have had. Um, there's scores for Gimme Chocolate, The One, and Papaya, and there's Guitar Technique Analysis by Leda. Um, transcription and commentary, and then an in-depth review of the albums and videos. So it's actually pretty elaborate. This one I'm looking forward to, I think. Looking forward to translations. I do feel like Young Guitar kind of milks this, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what, this is like the fourth or fifth, you know, Young Guitar I've gotten in the modern age. One thing I would like to do and have not done, I don't know why, but is, is to compare the scores that they publish in Young Guitar with the scores that they have in these uh, Yamaha books of, mm. like, you can buy the album scored. Right. And I don't know if they're the same or not. I, I kind of assume they're not, but I wonder I wonder who's more right. <laughs> what would make you think they're not? Well, so one thing that makes me think they're not is that they credit the person who's done the transcription so I think uh, no, I'm forgetting his name, but the this the sort of briefly appearing newish Kami guitar player um, did a bunch of the bunch of the Metal Galaxy ones mm-hmm. recently. 
what I've forgotten his name, but anyway. Um, and I think actually late has done some on this one. Hmm. But I think this is actually super cool to have, uh, Leda in particular writing about this, like what it's like to play these things. Has he, has he done one of these before? Who did the last one? I think he did the last one too, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it could be looked up, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> they do get, they do have a fair amount of, um, sort of like commie participation though in this mm-hmm. magazine. So, uh, so that one, that one's probably of the ones that are coming out. I think that's the most interesting. Um, we also have Metal Hammer in Japan. So they, they launched fairly recently, um, like a Japan edition of this British magazine. And this is volume four. This is coming out on December 16th. And uh, this also has Babe Metal on the cover. I, I forget now what volume, it was maybe one or two. Uh, they had basically transcribed the, they, they translated the English, like the British um, Metal Hammer interview over to Japanese and published it. Oh, okay. And they're, uh, <laughs> that just feels first. backwards. Yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway, so they've made it to volume four and this one has a, uh, it has, well, they have the cover. It has, um, a feature with an interview and it has a double-sided poster. So that's pretty interesting. Um, they just right out of the gate say, you're going to have to buy two, <laughs> maybe three, <laughs> if you want to keep one. Oh, I, okay. Wonderful. <laughs> Because you can't put you can't put both sides on, but so each one each we've seen the posters and each one is you know one is Sue Sue metal and one is more metal. At least they're reasonably priced. It's not like you're paying I know like thirty dollars for a magazine. True, right? Yeah, these are all um, twelve hundred yen was was young guitar, sixteen fifty yen is Metal Hammer Japan. Yeah, they're all they're all in that like sub two thousand yen area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the single photos are. Uh, so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. With like the glow of the light behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whoever they've been letting photograph them lately have been killing it. Between these mm-hmm. and the Katakawa, they've been some really nice photos coming out. I'm kind of wondering, I mean, like, with all of these posters, does anybody have them all up <laughs> somewhere? <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> it's got to be kind of like a, just a, a really kind of bizarre looking room. <laughs> no, I haven't personally, but. <laughs> I bet somebody out there does. I think Lily displays a lot of the magazine stuff because she cuts a lot out mm-hmm. and displays them. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that I ordered two of these. Like, I didn't... I, I think I'm probably not going to actually take one out and put it up. But if I do, I wonder if there's a way to make it reversible. <laughs> <laughs> like, have a frame that's actually fully transparent. has no back. Yeah. So I can just flip the thing around. There must be such things. Well, you can dangle it from the ceiling so it kind of spins. Oh, yeah. as the, oh there you go. The airflow goes around the room. <laughs> <laughs> or remember when digital photo frames were popular in a thing? Just just get one of those, oh. put it on the wall and have them rotate. <laughs> <laughs> just have a slideshow playing. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, the other, I guess the other big one is PMC has another issue coming out, volume 18, coming out on December 22nd. Um, this They have the cover of this. They have possibly 112 pages, although I think that may actually just be the length of the whole thing. Um, and that has an interview with Sue Metal and Mo Metal together, uh, Kobo Metal and Mikiko Metal. So we're getting a lot of interviews from Mikiko Metal. It'll be interesting to compare and contrast all of these interviews that are long. 
with what we've gotten in the Katakawa. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping they're not all the same. <laughs> right. That's mm, yeah. That was the underlying There's message between why I might think it might be interesting <laughs> to compare them all. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the cover. The cover of the the PMC is nice. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain similarity, I suppose, to all of these. Uh, one thing that was interesting that PMC did is they uh, did a survey, a questionnaire that they sent out to readers, um, asking sort of about like, uh, I don't know, did you guys do the survey or read it? No. No, I haven't. I did it, but I wrote in English, and I suspect that it was for naught. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it sort of had separate sections about, I don't know, sort of performances and music videos and what you know what what music video would count as their turning point what performance would count as their turning point you know what what would you show to an international fan <laughs> mm. <laughs> um huh so i guess there's a, i guess there's going to be some kind of a uh sort of reader feedback section in that which will be possibly interesting to see and if any of it comes up in english then perhaps i wrote some of it but i think that's <laughs> unlikely <laughs> probably the form was not uh, non-Japanese speaker friendly. Right. So I interacted with that form the same way Koba used to interact with email. <laughs> okay. And then I guess the last thing is there's uh, the British metal hammer recently had uh, an activity book <laughs> volume two, which apparently is, it's sort of like a, a kid's game book, like mm -hmm. coloring in and spot the differences and, uh, you know, f f where's Waldo kind of things. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's it's all pretty goofy, but one of the one of the um, activities was spot the differences with the drawing of Sue Metal. So, did you guys look at it and try to spot the differences? I'm actually looking at it right now. I've spotted four of the seven, but yeah. I I can't get past how kind of mediocre the art is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. <laughs> I guess we're spoiled a little bit by very good fan art. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Presumably, this is actually for people who barely know who Baby Metal is. I didn't. I actually didn't count to see if I made it to seven. I I, I spotted a few. Uh, oh yeah, and actually, all of these things are scheduled happily to be released in time, basically to coincide with the best of uh, album release. So, PMC is the latest of these coming out on December twenty second. But so, I am pleased to say that. I can consolidate all of those things and ship them to myself. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I was I was going to be fairly annoyed by a January release date, you know. Because I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Whatever. I would rather. I don't want to wait on the best of stuff, but at the same time, I, I really don't want to be doing more consolidating and shipping. They need to stop uh, like publishing things. <laughs> oh yeah, this year's been very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we haven't even seen them live, shipping now actually is is it's not great. Um, I think it's still the case that at least to the U.S., um, like Japan Post won't send stuff. Is that right, or have they started again? That I'm not sure. The last couple of things I've gotten have all been DHL. Yeah, um, and it is so. Tencel will use DHL if you ask them to, um, and Osmart will send things DHL, mm -hmm. but. It's oh my goodness, is that expensive? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it is. I mean, this this last thing that I got was just 
unreal how expensive that was. I mean, it was it was a few magazines. It wasn't actually it wasn't a big box. It wasn't even very heavy. I don't know what the deal was, but it was like three digits worth of shipping cost. Oh um, my word! Uh, and like I I just figured okay, it's going to be heavy uh, and big or something. But it showed up and it's like this little light box. And I'm like, oh my goodness! <laughs> like <laughs> I almost I almost thought this wasn't worth it. <laughs> this really right. wasn't worth it. Um, but because uh, this one, so one of the few times that actually it cost more to ship the stuff than it cost to buy the stuff in it. Um, but Anyway, so I'm I'm I feel a little burned by DHL. I, I don't want to do two shipments. I want to get everything all at once if mm-hmm. I can do that next time. On the one hand, though, DHL has been pretty incredible. At least on uh, where I'm at, I'll, I'll get stuff <laughs> a day, maybe two days before or before the scheduled delivery date. So at least it's fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah, it um uh. I'm definitely impressed with them. Also the fact that they've kept going. I mean, like they have been a reliable way to get stuff out of Japan Mm -hmm. that has not existed. Um, And I don't know. I'm of two minds. I do still feel like I was overcharged, but at the same time, um, (laughs) I do support them and what they do. There needs to be a DHL, just stick it on the boat and let it sail option for half the price. (laughs) That would be nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when Japan Post gets started again, EMS has actually been pretty reliable for me. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's their their you know higher end shipping, and that has worked pretty well. So, right, we have also television news. So, um, this not a lot to say here, but the Video Music Awards that we talked about last time, the MTV Video Music Awards Japan show happened. I, I actually really didn't watch any of this. I mean, like, I, I, I kind of skimmed over it. They played Papa Yao. They didn't have an interview. They didn't even show them play, receiving the award, I don't think. Nope. There was a little bit of a, like, a message ahead of time that they released. And that was kind of interesting. But, yeah, I mean, the, the broadcast itself was kind of anticlimactic. But they got, you know, they, they won something. That's cool. What did they win? Best album? <laughs> I think they did. Yeah, best album. And the Songs of Tokyo thing. Uh, that aired some time ago. There's a longer version. They played a they played a song that they didn't have in the in the internet broadcast. They played BMC and they had a slightly longer interview mm-hmm. than we got to see. And we finally have a broadcast date for that. So it's January third. Happy New Year. Yep. And then just recently they added a a Christmas show. So on on actual Christmas Eve uh, evening, uh, they're playing on the music station Super Live 2020 in amongst many. Other groups. So we're mm-hmm. not sure exactly when. There's like a six-hour window, but some sometime on what would be like Christmas night in Japan. Right. I love this audience thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, you can submit to TV Asahi a photograph no larger than two gigabytes to have your face plastered mm-hmm. on a digital Santa that dances in the background, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, amazing. The uh, the photo they have on the website giving an example of what it's going to look like is kind of hilarious. Yeah, but it would be pretty excellent to actually be able to see yourself like bobbing around on this little avatar egg thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I'm trying to figure out a way to uh, actually give them a two gigabyte file of my face. If they're if they're going to give me that much space, I I kind of want to use it. I feel obligated to send a really large photo. Right. I don't think that makes your avatar any bigger, though. 
No, I don't think so either. <laughs> that would be pretty hilarious, though. <laughs> but it's a two gig file limit. In what yeah. world have you seen that? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's huge. Uh, and I guess it's a stationary photo, right? I mean, like you, you can't be yeah. rocking out because that would that exactly. would look very weird on on a avatar. But mm-hmm. how do you make it so that you can find yourself? A <laughs> and what if you're what if your little avatar's in the back? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, good question. But it's very funny. It's a very funny idea. I assume that they are going to actually do like crowd shots of some kind. I would think so. You're just going to have to but, pause it and uh, pixel peep. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. Anyway, so that'll be that'll be amusing. Uh, briefly, <laughs> I think that's it on the TV news. Uh, we got a new announcement from Notfest. Uh, it has been rescheduled now to, I think, two years later than it was originally going to be. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so it was originally going to be March, end of March, twenty twenty. Then they rescheduled it to January twenty twenty one, and then they skipped April twenty twenty one and went straight to April twenty twenty two. So, um, Baby Model was scheduled in March twenty twenty, uh, but they have sort of explicitly said we don't know. If we're doing this or not, that's a long time from now. Yeah, it's probably smart on their part to just say, screw next year. We feel pretty confident about uh, 2022. Yeah, because I mean, they do plan things a little bit in, ahead, in advance, but um, it could well be that, you know, they may have something planned for Fox Day 2022. <laughs> you know, the, this, is, this is landing kind of right in that Fox Day season. Yeah. So we we uh, another thing we got was um, you know we're we're getting we're like a week away now from the RockMecon show, so in fact this probably won't even be on the podcast feed before that, but who knows? Uh, and so they're they're starting they're starting to ramp up a little bit. We got a, a merch photo of the the towel and the, the stuff that we like. I think it's I think Moa has the long sleeve tee and Sue has the towel. Is that right? That's correct. It's a terrible terrible photo. <laughs> I don't, I don't Man, know what they were doing. <laughs> even for the Koba flip phone camera from 2006, it's a terrible photo. It's not even like they're recreating an original photo. It's just no. it's just plain a bad photo. It's just bad. <laughs> I I think I'd like to think that actually it's taken at Rockmicon like while they're practicing or something. It could know? be. But it's just so you know to paint a visual image uh, with words here, it's just like a dark black background. Uh, they're holding up black merchandise, so it, you can't tell the difference. Like you, you can't see the, where the merchandise ends and the black background begins. Yeah. Uh, Sue's standing behind Moa, so you can't like you mostly can't see Sue at all. <laughs> like her head's kind of poking out. It's bad. <laughs> it's eighty-six yeah. percent black. Yeah. Just, just black. Oh, but I bet it compresses really well, so you can get a lot of a lot of pixels out of two gigabytes. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, it's it is a. It. I mean, you know, it's not. It's a, the thought, if the thought counts, is nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. The towel does look great. I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that. Yeah, those actually the two things they're holding are the two things that I happened to get. Yeah, um, I didn't have a choice about the the long sleeve tee. I think that's what that is, right? 
That's what that looks like. I wanted that towel for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Xbook in chat asks, what does the towel say? The towel literally says, baby metaru in katakana. Yeah. Yeah, they, there was a shirt. The shirt that went with the Legend Corset Festival, I think, had this design on it as well. And mm-hmm. I think I think that towel existed before too. It did. Um, but I've always liked that. I mean, like because I mean, I think I said this last time, but I I just can't get over um, how cool that name is. You know, in katakana. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love so. the katakana merch, and they don't do that anymore. Uh, so every chance there is, I I. I hop on it. I was really confused if Moa's arm was actually in the sleeve or not, but no, she's just holding it. <laughs> Why didn't they wear it? Can you, can you tell? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think you can see her finger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, they're in costume, so it probably would, <laughs> even if their costumes are small. No, look cool. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I was going to say the, I think... Uh, now I'm forgetting exactly which one it is, but one of those special edition singles, maybe both of them, for uh, IDZ and Magitsune, I think had the had their name written out this way. Like most most mm-hmm. of the time on anything that they've published, it's been written out in Roman letters. Mm-hmm. But um, well, I guess actually it must be it must be that the uh, headbanger single also has this written this way, since that was for that same concert. Yep. Uh, speaking of merch, <laughs> um, I guess the other thing, the other thing that's happened is quite recently we had baby nut da 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 volume three where, you know, Kobo metal <laughs> sells us merch. <laughs> did you, did you guys, what did you, did you watch it? what do you think? I, I did watch it. It was funny. I don't really <laughs> yeah, feel the need to buy any so of this stuff weird. as neither an owner of a pet or a small human. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to want this, and I, I, I mean, I think the bowl and the, so they, they have various things. They have the pet collar again. It looks the same, actually, um, as the one produced by Sue Metal, but this time they didn't mention it being yeah. produced by Sue Metal. And mm-hmm. a bone romper, which I think also is, I think the bone romper and the bib are both old, like we've had yeah. these before. Yeah, they've yeah, done Yeah, we have. Yeah. And there's a leash. I think that's new. <laughs> the leash is new. Mm-hmm. The collar is a re-release. And, and I do have that, so I guess I don't need that again. And I did, and I passed on the, the bone romper and the bib before, so yeah, I passed on those again. Um, the coolest thing actually probably is the the pet bowl and the mug, which come as a set yeah. for some reason. It's, it's very strange. You can have have a cup of tea while watching your pet eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or according to Koba, you can use it as a bowl to serve snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he and it's funny because he he like he demoed that by you know of course he's wearing a full face mask so he couldn't actually eat but he he sort of like pretended to eat snacks out of yeah. this thing <laughs> pretended to eat pretend snacks. I, I was gonna actually use it as a bowl myself, but actually it's not as big as I thought it was going to be, so I will use it as a cat bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you did get it. I did. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> just the, just the mug and the bowl. I don't walk my cat, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, honestly, that stuff we were talking about, but the the expensiveness of shipping is in large part why I really kind of hesitated on this because I I bet this stuff looks heavy. Um, the box looks cheap, but the things look heavy, and 
I was just afraid this is going to end up being like $500 to ship for something that I don't care about. <laughs> I was a little tempted by the mug. Yeah. Not at all tempted by the bowl. So I was put off by the, it being a set. I suppose you could put, like the bowl, you could put your, um, your like heart fest buttons in them or something. Right? I mean, it's not big enough. Oh. Uh, you could put, well, yeah, how many? Yeah, I guess it's true. You have, you have a, like, I have like a 30. A ton of those, right? Yeah, I have like 30 <laughs> buttons or something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, the actual video is pretty funny. Uh, I think I would say that this one is a funnier one than either of the previous two ones. They, they actually, they, they played no footage at all. As far as I remember, um, it was just Koba talking about the merch and like demonstrating <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a point where he was like holding an actual child wearing the bone romper. <laughs> it was, was actually, very unhappy. It was really cute. Actually, the little kid crawling around and not being pleased with the whole situation <laughs> was pretty funny and pretty cute. <laughs> yeah but yeah it was very uh, you know found a particularly unhappy moment for the child yeah <laughs> and there was a very funny moment where like the baby was crawling by in the bone rompers and koba's kind of like following it making kitsune signs <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty funny it's worth a watch even if you don't want to buy Get away from it me. <laughs> yeah uh and yeah, he, Koba did say like you know the the pet collar is not for wearing by humans, um, even though he was mm-hmm. wearing it. <laughs> but, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think I mean like uh, this re- this got the same kind of reaction that the previous ones got, and that you know people thought, well, if they're if they're going to be doing things, why not do something else? But I mean like I, as long as they're doing all the same things they would have otherwise been doing, having this also is kind of funny. Yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I approve. Yeah. I am starting to feel a little milked. However, yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, I guess I feel less milked because I didn't buy anything this time. <laughs> I guess that's probably the only reason why this one didn't strike me that badly. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was the fact that the postage was the same as just getting the bowl and the mug. It was the exact same mm-hmm. price. Uh-huh. Well, he has a flat rate coming out of Osmart. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's true. You know, actually, that probably would that that might not be for some reason. The DHL from Osmart is not not too bad. DHL from Tenso was the thing that killed me before. I wonder if there's a difference. Like that flat rate, like normally that flat rate is really annoying because you get a flag and it still costs you whatever it is. <laughs> but um. That's why you get more than a flag. Yeah. But I think the uh, um, flat rate that it might actually do better than a, a large consolidation. <laughs> like even something that weighed the same and was the same size mm. from Tenso. I guess that's probably it for the news. How are we doing? Yeah. As usual, spent a half hour on the news. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> uh, and, so anything else that we wanted to get in before we talk about the... The muck, the uh, the pita masks went on general sale. I think that's, but I don't really think that's noteworthy. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Are they, did they um? And, are they still viable? No, they sold out. Okay. Do you, you have yours, right? Uh, no, I didn't bother. Oh okay. Oh, no, oh I got them on the first on the lottery that they did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think we talked about this last time that uh, that mm. Kevin, you didn't you you didn't win the lottery because you didn't enter. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> 
The peanut masks don't fit my face anyway. Um, So they would have just sat in the box or in the closet. And I have enough things from them just sitting in a box in the closet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Okay. So on to the Katakawa Mook. So we last time we talked through the first three spiritual messages. So this is page, it starts on page 114. And it's spiritual message four. As you may recall, these are organized in eras. So this is the 2017-2018 era. Um, and we have an interview with Sue, then an interview with Moa, then an interview with Koba. And this was basically Legend S time and Kansas City time, right? I mean, like, this is the the, the, the departure, of, yeah, departure of you <laughs> in middle time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting in a way. Anyone want to call out any parts? Let's we'll start with like the Sioux Middle part. Um, so she talks about kind of you know the the tail end of Legend S and kind of being confused and what Paul and Chat calls the Kansas City Massacre. Um, t- to be honest, this section isn't really a whole lot different than kind of the the party line of what they've said before um, about this era. Um, and Kansas City in the first kind of half of that tour in particular. Um, you know, they decided to continue, not stop, um, but leave a place for Yui Metal to return if she chose to. Um, the audience was huge at Legend S, but they weren't sure having two moving forward was going to be a good idea or not. Sue talks about how they could feel the tension in the audience. Uh, she says struggle of the audience, uh, that everybody was shocked to see Yui gone. Um, but they also thought they had to be excited because, you know, that they were performing the, the, the conflict intention was palpable on stage, I guess would be the best mm-hmm. way to kind of surmise her thoughts on Kansas city. One thing she mentions that I think is kind of a nice thought. She says, I could see how much they loved baby metal. And I could feel how big Yui Middle's absence was. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, it's it's a it's a little heartbreaking to read all this stuff, but it's it's a mm, lot of yeah, the same, like I said, party line stuff that we've heard from them on this era before. Yeah, I guess so. What I got out of this, I think, is that um, like well, I think this kind of put ground under what we had largely been assuming and speculating and stuff. I mean that that I think we kind of knew this story, but. Mm-hmm. But they never, they never really said it in in quite this explicit way before. There's like, you know, the citation is no longer needed, <laughs> in a, in a way. Um, sure, I think yeah, I think that's fair. So one thing they talked about that that I sort of highlighted right at the beginning was that it sounds like, yeah, and you, you can get this out of both Sue's and Moa's um, interview, but that they basically were going into Legend Us unsure until noon of that day whether they were whether. UE metal was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sue said that they rehearsed until that, you know, until noon of the first show with both two people and three people versions ready. And Moa uh, talked about actually like heading out the day before to try to work out what to do if only two people could do it. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, she Aww. said, I and mean, we'll get to that, but I mean, she said basically they, they didn't even have a chance to sleep. You know, they just, they just went out. I assume they, I assume there was a, some time to sleep before the the thing uh, actually happened. But I mean, like they basically pulled an all nighter trying to figure out 
how to do this with two people. Mm-hmm. So that, um, you know, unless if we, if we trust that they're more or less telling us the truth, which I have no reason not to trust, then, mm-hmm. uh, this means that it's not like this was a decision that was made at big Fox festival or something like that. This was really like last second catching them uh, off guard. Yeah. Mm. And I guess it wasn't an easy decision too. They had gone back and forth. Yeah. And I think Kobe even asked them what they wanted to do if uh, Yui wasn't going to perform. Um, and I guess they ultimately made the decision to go forward as we know. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was an interesting collaboration and to kind of look behind the curtain at the decision-making. Yeah. I mean, so we've, we've certainly heard a lot of discussion about that since that day, you know, but like, because mm-hmm. we don't know what happened even now. We don't know what happened. We don't know if this was something that was really last second. Well, like it, it seemed last second and there's various mm-hmm. reasons to think that it was last second, but we've now got them saying pretty much that it was last second too. Right. So, so I thought that was interesting in here. Um, Sue found the legend us a little bit confusing uh, because she was thinking she had been sort of like speculating about like what it was going to mean to be doing this as an adult and like, you know, that she's going to have to take sort of a, more of a leadership and pull the, the rest behind. And, and then when she was doing it, you know, she sort of felt more like everybody was kind of like pushing her forward. Um, and part of that I think had to do with, with the audience trying to fill in this space, you know, the UA metal space. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said she, it made her feel protected and wrapped up. <laughs> and, and this yeah. was a very happy realization. Um, and also sort of mentioned that, that, um, you know, she was feeling, um, protected also by mall metal and, and sort of observed that the two years that's between them. And I think it's really actually a year and a half, but, um, uh, is, you know, it's no longer nearly as significant. They're both basically adults now. Unlike when they were twelve and ten, <laughs> right? So, um, so that was kind of that was kind of interesting. Another thing that's, that I think all of these made fairly clear is that uh, you know, again, assuming that everybody's telling the truth, at least, um, UA Metal wanted to return and was expected to possibly return, and they just didn't know when. Mm-hmm. So they they basically decided they had to proceed and do something without her. Um, they didn't. They didn't want to stop until she came back, but but they were always always sort of keeping this possibility that she could come back in uh, available. So again, you know, speculation fodder for a long time, but now we at least have something to point to about what they said happened. What's well, interesting, um, maybe this isn't the place to talk about it, but uh, I believe in Koba's section talking about this era. They had actually already planned to kind of go into this year of darkness thing mm-hmm. before all of this happened. You know, I know one of the popular theories, and this was something that I had always thought too, was that the whole dark era came about because they didn't know what to do with that year. Oh, okay. Um, and I think that was a pretty popular theory. Kind of debunked now, I guess. They had always planned to do something like yeah. this uh, dark dark cycle. Well, yeah, I think that so Legend of Us was was already kind of um, leading into it, and uh, yeah, Koba did say something about how essentially they they um, were sort of waiting for that to change the visuals, and that mm-hmm. they wanted to, but but that they, I mean, I, I guess I always I always kind of went the other way that that I assumed basically they had they had to deal with this fact that they're no longer little girls playing metal, you know, yeah, um, and the best way to do that is probably to do a relatively radical shift 
So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, if you hadn't had whatever problems you had, I think this would have worked quite well. Mm-hmm. So, but okay. So let's see. Sue talked about, um, yeah. So she, she said, um, you know, we decided amongst themselves that they needed to continue and not stop based on this, this issue with UA metal. Um, mm-hmm. and though the audience was a big help at legend S, um, that wasn't really a model going forward. <laughs> right. Right. The other thing that I thought was the, you know, that has that same sort of sort of feeling to me about like, supporting the things that we kind of believed is that uh they've they all kind of said we knew you metal couldn't be there like like you know there's this was sort of like a protracted problem and uh we had to decide basically whether to keep going or not uh, and we decided we needed to keep going but leave open the possibility that you could come back you know so like proceed not go on a hiatus but but you know do something while while keeping a spot for her and, you know, mm-hmm. that's sort of what we thought was happening, too. But um, uh, but they've never said this before. Um, right, no, I think they're pretty sure they've said that, right? That you you had, was the, the door was open for her to return. Maybe not in so many words they've said this, but I'm pretty sure this isn't new information. Well, see, that's what I was thinking, is that, like, the in so many words is what we got here that we had never gotten before. I mean, so before before they said, you know, her participation is not decided. <laughs> but, I mean, that could mean anything. That could have mean... They've said in interviews before, earlier this year when they were touring, in fact, um, I'm like 80% confidence of this. We've heard some version of, you know, we were sad she she left and we left the door open as long as we could, but she chose not to return and we support her on her journey mm, okay yeah could be could be at any rate if if that's true then we now have two places we can point to <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do agree that they expanded on this and opened the door a little bit more but the the underlying idea of the door was open for her to return is not new yeah i guess it, it might be just that um it's how everybody talked about it so sue and ma and Kobe right all all you know sort of talked through this in a way that it, it solidifies it somehow but sure she talked a, a bit about starlight so there's a, there's a, a couple of confusing things in here <laughs> but um I, she was you know she was basically sort of like um you know talking a little bit about the things that happened in this in this year you know so there was these this pair of years you know 2017 2018 so this was uh, there's legend s there was the you know beginning of the the u.s tour and there was eventually the release of starlight and you know she she talked a little bit about how she found um initially starlight to be kind of a lonely song she was comparing it a little bit to road of resistance which i think may have something to do with like the previous interview Mm -hmm. but um uh you know she she said that with road of resistance she felt like part of a, a an army um and with starlight she felt kind of uh lonely hmm a lonely person in a helpless situation screaming <laughs> is how deep elk <laughs> came out with this. Right. But, uh, uh, or at least that's, I guess a lot of what I'm looking at here are, are my paraphrases of deep elk. So that's probably even one step further away, but, mm-hmm. um, but, um, she also sort of talked about like, as, as it's, as she's been going through, you know, developing it, um, she's started to feel m- more connected and now, it feels a little less lonely. It feels like, you know, the more, more that she's getting support from 
everywhere from like the universe and the stars and everyone watching over me and supporting. So she, she said, you know, I've come to think that singing it is a very happy thing, Starlight. And she, then she says this thing, which, which is weird um, and, and interesting, and I don't know what to make of it. But so um, she says, so if she would dance this song together with us, um, I wonder how she would dance it. You are still with us with this song. And so I think this actually might well be kind of discussing Yui Metal. Uh, what I think she's actually talking about is when she sings this song, it brings Yui Metal to mind. And we're kind of wondering what it would have been like to do it with her. Mm-hmm. I, the reason I don't think this is over analyzing this is because uh, it's in response to a question that had Yui Metal in it. And even though Sue doesn't say Yui Metal in the response, she uses she uses the Japanese pronoun she which normally she wouldn't do i mean like like first of all you the japanese often don't use pronouns anyway um (laughs) she weirdly actually put this in quotation marks um i'm curious to know what actually she um did like if we ever see the video i would like to know how she said this Mm -hmm. because you know obviously she didn't say quotation marks but right but it's in there it's in quotation marks it's in it's in like roman quotation marks even though that's not the way they write title citations and stuff like that these you know that they use a different a different way of normally mm-hmm. indicating quotes it's just very strange but i i so i think actually you know i think it actually is not really opaque or anything i think i think it really is just um she'd be she would have been interested to see how they would have performed it together and she thinks of her when she sings it good analysis so, was it confirmed that this this song isn't for Mikio then or is it for oh, you no I, no I think I actually don't think that this relates to that at all I mean like I um mm. I I think this might be what Sue thinks about when she sings it but the song existed before yeah. that yeah so I mean I you know that I think we will never know for sure but uh but there's certainly a lot of people who think that the theme of Starlight is really Mikio based mm-hmm. which seems reasonable um I don't know that they'll ever ever say that but yeah this is sort of a, a a different thing about how, like, where Sue's mind is when she's interpreting it. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, and it is just, it's kind of remarkable that the typography of it, <laughs> it, it might be one of the only times, like, you know, when they actually write the the title of the the song, Starlight, they put it in these, like, sort of, what do you call them, corner, corner brackets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the normal way you would do this in Japanese, but... right. I hadn't picked up on that. That's really interesting that you caught the quotation marks. That's something I completely glanced over. I would. I, I am hoping that we see video of these. I'm not too optimistic, but still hoping. I don't know. I think there's a... Because I want to see Moa be a comic. I, I think there's still a good <laughs> 40 to 45% chance that the special interview coming with the whatever edition you bought um, for the 10-year merch is this interview recorded. No, do you think so? I think... Yeah, I guess I would put the odds about there. It seems on brand for them to double down and get two for the price of one. Yeah. Because what, what, t- what would they talk about in a newer, another interview, mm-hmm. to be honest? Yeah, exactly. When that's pretty much all in here. Well, and this and one thing also is uh, to consider is that this book that we're holding uh, made it as one of the ten events for the, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we still have four left, oh. but this was right. one of them. So, so they're they're taking some uh, ownership of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's see. Sue was talking about being kind of worried that um, you know when Yui Metal's departure was announced, she was 
she, she and Mo were worried that uh, nobody would come to the Japan show, <laughs> that they'd mm. say, this isn't baby metal. And so she was happy that people came anyway. Of course we would. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one place where I do kind of wonder if they fully believe what they're saying. Because, <laughs> of course, people are going to come. It's a very uh, Japanese idol thing to say in public yeah. when something yeah. like that happens. There is an awareness of what things need saying. Right. <laughs> and those things are said. Exactly. Uh, okay, so next thing is more metal, spiritual message. Four. So this is now talking about Legend Us and Kansas City from Moa's perspective. This is where we learned about this business about like going the day before. So it had been elaborately prepared, of course, <laughs> and mm-hmm. suddenly they had to like figure out how to change things for two people. So they, she said they they went to Hiroshima the day before and rearranged the formation. We didn't even have time to sleep, but we were able to get the momentum going. I can't believe that they did the first night without sleeping. I'm sure they slept. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you've been in a situation where you needed to get something done and you were you just said, oh, I didn't sleep at all. But, you know, you, in, re- in reality, you slept a couple hours. <laughs> right. I'm sure that's a and bit of an exaggeration. might have first and then napped. Yeah, yeah exactly. Didn't I, I, I have this vague recollection and this might be, um, I, this really might be false, <laughs> but um, from like, old Sakura Gakuin days or maybe early um, baby metal days that like Sue would actually go to like nap during black baby metal songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like very briefly sleep. Yeah, you're right. So. Power nap. Uh, so I imagine she could probably, you know, she has a history of squeezing in naps in, in small spaces. <laughs> <laughs> so Moth thought it was interesting to be under the pressure of doing these like baby metal songs alone, like where where normally she has the support of Yui, then she was just right out there all by herself, and so she experienced the pressure that Sue Metal feels, mm-hmm. and found that yeah. um, unexpectedly valuable. Moa talked a bit about kind of losing her confidence and and regaining it over the course of the tour. There was one thing that uh, a few people picked up on. This is basically my paraphrase of it. But when Yui Metal's departure was announced, there were many people who said the old baby metal was better. And I still hear those opinions, says Moa. Um, I don't know what to say to those people. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, so what she, what she's kind of saying is that, you know, uh, well, okay, so everyone has the freedom to dream. You should support, not deny your chosen path. And what she's saying in that respect is, like, she supports Yui Metal and her dreams and Yui Metal's chosen path. Um and then she's turning back to the audience, uh, you know, the the people who are saying the old baby metal is better. And she's saying, I know you love baby metal and that leads you to have opinions, but we believe, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing a good job here. <laughs> so I'd be happy if you give us a chance. It's And, you know, she says it's like sad to be on stage with the audience's mind elsewhere. Um, and, and so I think that was both both with respect to um, like talking about the Kansas City show where where like they were performing, but everybody was kind of thinking, well, you know, like. They were thinking about something else, like where's you metal. <laughs> but um, similarly, I think she's also in the in the context of what she's saying here, saying like you know, uh, we're still doing stuff that we think is interesting. You know, um, pay attention to what we're doing now. <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important that people hear that message, mm-hmm. um, because there is a lot of people out there who have their opinion. They're entitled to their opinion, but. 
man, why you got to be so negative all the time? You know, this is <laughs> straight from, you know, at, from the horse's mouth here. Like, give us a chance. We think we're doing a pretty yeah. good job. You know, we're. I know you're sad that she left, but give us a chance. We're doing good stuff. Yeah, and I think this is something like you, any artist uh, gets some of this. I think. Um, oh, absolutely! Like any 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 band that has a second album, <laughs> in fact, you know, because there's at, at that point there's a split between the people who wanted you to do the first album again and mm-hmm. the people who like you for the diversity and the fact that you did something different and. Um, it splits every time, but, but I'm sure, you know, that's gotta happen. It's gotta happen to a lot of actors and stuff. You, you know, you, you do some dumb thing in the eighties and then do like a lot of sophisticated stuff afterwards. And everyone's, <laughs> everyone, you know, comes and says you were great in that thing in the eighties before you knew how to do anything. <laughs> so it's kind of heartbreaking in a way, thinking about that, that yeah. she felt that she had to say that. Yeah. I'm sure they get some, they, they probably hear some at least of what the fan base oh, says. I'm sure they do. It's not like they live in a bubble. You know, they're they're still young ladies. They have cell phones. They have social mm-hmm. media. Just because they're not allowed to have public stuff doesn't mean they don't see or have their finger on at least, you know, a part of what the fan community is thinking, you know, as, as a collective. Yeah, I, can, I always kind of hope that it gets filtered for them, but I mean, they can, they can always just go look themselves. <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, have, have you ever Googled uh, yourself? I think most people probably have at one point, right? <laughs> yeah, they definitely have. Yeah. And in YouTube and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah, yeah I, I think they're they're more in tune with what everybody is thinking than we give them credit for. And, you know, part of that is because we have no way to really know what they're thinking at any given time. Um, but I think it's yeah. naive to assume that they're so out of touch that they don't understand what people are thinking what their fans are thinking. Yeah. I, I I think it might almost be the case that uh, Sue and Moa are more in touch than Koba. <laughs> I, yeah, I think people are thinking. Yeah. I think that's entirely possible. Um, one thing I do want to quote that she mentioned, um, it's always hard to say goodbye. And this is kind of a follow on to the last thing Paul was talking about. It's always hard to say goodbye, but I was more inclined to support her because it was her choice. Maybe I was just being tough on her, but I think she got mentally stronger because she trained so much in the 10 months between Legend S and the decision to leave the group. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say I think she would make an excellent politician just just, <laughs> just for this. Uh, when we played Doki Doki Morning for the first time, we betrayed the audience in a good way. <laughs> Baby Metal is a group that betrays expectations in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's nice. I think that's funny. And I think that does sort of, you know, that highlights the fact that they were, um, uh, you know, they gave some thought to like, what is it that makes this group special? And mm-hmm. part of it is just surprise. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a little bit that went into the, uh, talking about the Dark Knight Carnival <laughs> show, um, uh, you know, because Ma has repeatedly kind of talked about like how it's kind of complicated having to go from like four people to seven people to three people, you know, mm-hmm. um, and um, she talks about the, you know, the Dark Knight Carnival. It had gone from four to seven, and so we had to relearn everything. And she had to double the parts she was singing, and it was hectic and all that. But uh, she said, and when there were so many people there, I wondered, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> but when I think about it now, I'm proud of my work. Um, and this was, of course, like that was the chorus came up as everybody watched Dark Knight Carnival of like, you know, we can't find Ma. 
Yeah, I had the same thought too. Where is she? <laughs> but so I assume that's partly what she was referring to in a way. Yeah. But Mo's basically just saying, you know, that going through this actually probably strengthened baby metal in a way that that made it possible for it to exist now. And the the bonds with Sue got stronger. <laughs> right. Another ever present theme. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else in here? No. No. Okay. The last of the spiritual messages for is with Koba Metal. Well, he talked a bit about Legend Us. He's he's uh he said it was one of the three best big metal shows of all time, possibly number one or number two. <laughs> Possibly number one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. You should be proud. I mean, that was a spectacular. It was truly a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most interesting thing that he mentioned that I want to talk about kind of first, because I, th- I think it warrants discussion. Uh, one of the theories I've always had, one of the things I've always said during the dark time was, um, you know, I, I wonder if the whole dark side concept was a result of Yui leaving and they just didn't really know what to do with that year. And needed to transition in some way. Uh, I was wrong. Um, Kava says the dark side concept was already ready before Legend S. That was going to be the gateway, taking them onto the next stage. We wanted to make Baby Metal a character, so we didn't change the visuals until then. Red and black twin-tailed and ponytailed, and the dark side image changed to broaden Baby Metal's scope. So I'd always thought that the whole thing was a result of them needing a solution relatively quickly yeah, for you he's leaving you know I, I yeah i think a lot of people kind of thought that uh so it's really interesting to hear that they were already planning to do that in some way or another do you think even if even if you stayed do you think they would have kept those two dancers or they put those dancers in because you wasn't there i'm i feel fairly confident that the the change in the dancer number was a reaction to UA metal. Yeah. But I bet, the, yeah. I bet they all would have had the, the, the costumes would have been there in the. Mm-hmm. The darkness. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, in fact, that means quite possible that there is a UA metal costume. <laughs> that could that very well be. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it won't fit, but I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, Luna asked an interesting question in chat, too. I wonder what the chosen set of an would have been if they proceeded to the dark era with Yui. Mm, there's lots of theories. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I know I know one of the things we were originally thinking was you know people were doing the math on the the four members of the Kami band plus Yui Mo and Sue being chosen seven. I remember that was a theory back in the day. Mm. Yeah. Not one I ever bought, but okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just <laughs> spitballing again. Um but again, I think it's really interesting yeah. that that was something that they were already planning to do. And I'm kind of wondering in a parallel, you know, parallel universe what that would have looked like. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it would have been different. But, um, but I think so. They they were confronting a different kind of crisis that mm-hmm. would have happened regardless of UA metal, which is just that you know that everybody's growing up. You know, that, right? That it's not. It's not just little kids doing metal anymore, mm-hmm. and so they needed. I mean, I sort of, I sort of feel like that what they, what they did was a little bit like you know actors trying not to get typecast or whatever they'll go they'll go from a very famous role to the opposite role mm-hmm. <laughs> or something mm-hmm. um and i you know or it's like a palate cleanser or something you know it's it's kind of just trying to say all right 
this is a break uh, in our image and our in our you know we're we're evolving at this point, and so just an incremental change wouldn't have done that. Um, they would have never escaped that image. You know, that's one of the things we'd always kind of wondered was how are they going to transition into adulthood? You know, I've said before, you know, it'd be kind of weird to be a 40-something pop metal idol doing Gimme Chocolate or Doki Doki Morning, right? So how do you, how do you transition the group into a more adult image? And they spent a year doing that, and that was already planned. Uh, but, yeah. I, yeah, that does go to show that they do put a lot of thought into what this is. Yeah. And when they came back, you know, like the, the, the stuff that we're getting all these images of now, I mean, the, they, mm-hmm. they did, they did manage to put a, like a grown up spin on it, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can still play the old songs, but it isn't, it isn't like older people pretending to be little girls. Right. It's older people doing older people stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, what else? Oh yeah. No, I think that, um, that is an interesting sort of counterfactual, like possible uh, the thought experiment or whatever about like what happened if he stayed is, is, you know, what the reaction would be hmm. to, to that change. Cause I'm sure there would be, I'm sure there would be a lot of people who would, you know, grump at Mo about how they used to be better. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, regardless, because any change, any change is a change, but I think, you know, it's quite possible that, it got an extra bad reception because there was there was a, a among the people who were already predisposed to give it a bad reception at least right um because they also took a they i think a lot of people um i mean not potentially not inappropriately but i think a lot of people were um particularly um unhappy about the surprise part of it yes and then like legend dust whatever that's that that happened but there was a choice made Right, you know, to not talk about what was going on in the U.S. tour, and I think you know, it, my reading of this is that they they never knew, like any point could have been the point when she could come back. Like mm-hmm. they never knew how far away that was, and it was just taking a long time. But they did, like I think they didn't know at the beginning of the U.S. tour necessarily, or at least close to the beginning of it, whether it was going to be possible for UA to show up by the end. <laughs> um, so. If that's the case, I could totally understand them not announcing it. I I don't I don't know I I see what you're go I see where you're going with that, but I I can't excuse the lack of communication. I, you know, I, th- th- you can think of any other performance. Um, you you know, you go see a play and one of the leads is out, and there's a insert in the program saying, you know, tonight the role of Yui Metal will be played by two bodybuilding dancers. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you know, even little legend S, you know, they had a piece of printer paper taped up outside mm-hmm. of green arena. Um, any other time, something like this would happen. Every other group would have said something, you know? So even though she could have come back at any point during that tour and they were hoping and planning for that, they could have put the insert in the program every night until she did come back or was, firmed up in not returning at all yeah because at every show during that tour they had this um picture of text they tweeted it every night yeah. didn't they about yeah no photos and blah 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 and they could have just mentioned that in the, like, the last <laughs> bullet point oh yeah the rules mm-hmm. that's right yeah the, the rules, rules. Yeah. The rules tweets 
The rule of no UV metal in this performance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, where was this? The, the um, Koba has these like funny analogies. <laughs> so um, <laughs> he was talking about um, you know having to deal with this, and, and he says, you know, now Baby Metal had been playing baseball and suddenly had to play soccer. <laughs> now we had to do something completely different. <laughs> UA Metal herself hoped to return, so we were trying to connect the threads. They were trying to like do something that would allow for the possibility of her showing up again later. Um, and it was, it wasn't clear that it would be a good idea to have a different person there in her place while, you know, as an understudy while she was gone. So then they had to figure out what to do to not do that, but still allow her to come back and all that stuff. So I, I guess I sort of feel like this, a lot of what he's saying here, I assumed, you know, like was happening, but, but we you know, are now hearing people saying it. One, there's one part of this that I think would actually benefit from having a human translate it. I'm talking about basically UA Metal's decision to leave, uh, which was you know like you know, concurrent with the Starlight release. But he said that uh, basically it was nearly a year after Legend S, and UA Metal's situation is basically the same. Um, Sue and Mo had been holding things together, uh, but the world tour in Japan was getting close, and so. I think he felt like they basically had to make a call, you know, like they, they had to sort of make a decision. Uh, well, okay. So what the quote that I got from deep L was, but I don't think it's up to the staff or customers to say anything about it, including speculation. We wanted to leave the final ball to you, metal, which, okay. So again, you know, it's sports, <laughs> <laughs> but I think my, I think my, my guess here was that they were sort of, they wanted you metal to make the decision, but, they were sort of feeling like this is taking too long. And, you know, so they got Yumi Metal to see that she pretty much needed to move on. So I think it was still her decision. And I think Kobo was kind of pointedly saying, you know, it's not our decision, <laughs> like mm-hmm. us, the fans. Um, you know, we, you know, it's not, we're, we are not the ones that should be pressuring her. She should be pressuring herself. But I think that the pressure was mounting because they were about to start a new tour and they need, needed, needed, to kind of plan for two if there were going to be two. Right. So. Oh, yeah. And actually, one more thing about this this sort of theme before we leave this, I guess. Um, Kobo was talking about Dark Knight Carnival and the switching it up for having, like, all those dancers. And apparently, so it sounded like the plan for Dark Knight Carnival always had this, like, you know, whatever it is, Broadway musical aspect with like many, many, many people on stage. <laughs> um, and so he said, uh, initially the stage plan was based on the assumption that Yui Metal could return and that, and there were three small triangles, Sue and Yui and Moa each having a band and a Gunther. <laughs> uh, and this is like Deep, Deep L's translation of something that is actually written out in Katakana as like Gunsa. <laughs> Yeah, right. Am I reading that right, Kevin? Is where, it, where are we? Um, <laughs> so, Sue, yeah, Sue and Yui and Mo each had a bando and gunsa. <laughs> and I don't know what this gunsa is. Deepal said gunther. Huh. Gunsa, yeah. I have no idea. Band and, band and gunsa. The toe is and. Anyway. Um, so it's, it's mysterious. Um, but the, the thing I thought was interesting primarily about that was that, uh, they, we're continuing to plan Dark Knight Carnival, um, at least at a certain point, with Yui in mind. You know, that she had a role to play. And uh, we don't know how long before the actual show they made that call. 
but I mean, like as in the in the planning of Dark Knight Carnival, there was the possibility that all three would be there. <laughs> I, I took a funny. I took what I thought was a kind of a funny note on this. Um, at the very end, and we can move on after this, but um, he, he says that the year of chapter seven was a turning point. We realized many things, including what we needed to change and what we shouldn't change. We learned a lot of things. And <laughs> the way I read that is, um, you know, they looked at what they'd, they had, they saw what worked, they saw what didn't work, but um, none of this has anything to do with what the fans think. <laughs> I think this is Koba deciding what looks good and what doesn't. I, uh, just for giggles, hmm. ran Gunsa through G-Show just to see if it would come up with anything. <laughs> um, Gunsan Nobu was an inter-Mongolian prince and politician of the Republic of China from 1871 to 1930. <laughs> I see. Good to know. <laughs> I see. I'm sure that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But <laughs> I, okay, thanks for that, G-Show. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay. Anyway, so I think that's that is the end of the spiritual message number four. Since we're kind of you know done with the the Koba spiritual messages, I think it's worth mentioning again that you know after reading more insight into the process, you know, I, I think it's worth noting that I think we as a whole don't give him enough credit for what he's created and what he's doing, mm-hmm. even though we may disagree with a lot of the public facing side of it the artistry mm-hmm. side of it is very well thought out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a, uh, uh, I mean, he does self promote a little <laughs> too, but true. Um, but yeah, I mean like he's, he's definitely giving a lot of thought to a lot of things and yeah. working pretty hard to make this work. Really just need to hire a full-time public relations person. And then, and then let them do whatever it is that they and, think is a good idea. Right. <laughs> That's probably that. Cause I think they, I think, there have been public relations people who yeah. have then done nothing. True. <laughs> so, so after this part, there's uh, there's a couple of artist messages from people, um, and we don't have translations from these. But uh, so the talk of Matsumoto um, from Bees, you know, uh, and of Dada Dance uh, had a, you know, a short little thing on page one thirty one. Uh, Naka Risa, uh, an actress on page 132, had something. Chihara Seiji, a comedian, um, has something on page 132. And uh, Asuka, a WWE wrestler, <laughs> has she something ca- short. Yeah, she comes out to uh, karate, I think. Is her like entrance music? Oh, is that her? Yeah. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's that song, but I'm pretty sure that's her. Okay. That's cool. pretty epic. Cool. Um, there's also, so on page 134, there's a sort of a beginning of a sort of set of just sort of like little capsule notes about each of the 42 songs. And none of this is translated. I bet this is going to be slow to be translated, but so I, I think this is lyricists or musicians talking about this. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure that they're all from the same person, but there's just sort of like a, a very short paragraph about each of the songs. Right. So another thing that they have, you know, so apart from these like spiritual messages and the little galleries and stuff, they have these these artist profiles. Um, so there are three artist profiles. One, so we we just hit one from uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, also a WWE personality, um, and this it says angle 
Um, I don't know what angle is supposed to mean here. Um, so the first profile, which I want to go back to, um, is, says voice, and the second one says angle, and the third one says lyric. So I wonder if this is maybe, um, I was thinking of angle as kind of like um, uh, presentation, like take on something. <laughs> but anyway, so just recently uh, we got uh, the, the subreddit user Capable Paramedic put a translation together of this, and I, I suspect that I'm the only one of the three of us who have actually seen it. And, and it's very short, it doesn't really say much, but it, it basically says that um, the internet is what has allowed both me, Shinsuke Nakamura, <laughs> and Baby Metal to be sort of like found abroad in, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and observes that, uh, that you know, it's, Japanese is not a commonly studied language really outside of Japan. Like, like people use English everywhere. People use French a lot of places, Spanish a lot of places. Um, but uh, Japanese is mainly Japan <laughs> and yeah. interactions with Japan. It's hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, Every so he, um, uh, he observes that, uh, you know, people have to study if they want to understand what Bay Metal's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah so. B-I-R-L. And people do. Dwayne Metal, uh, one one of Dwayne Metal's videos started off talking about. I think I think it was a it was like a an article about a, like somebody's Finnish glasses were being were filling up because metalheads wanted to know what their favorite band was saying or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's the same sort of thing, you know. And that's what Dwayne Metal was doing. Really, was trying to teach you Japanese um, by leveraging the fact that you were interested in baby metal. Mm-hmm. But so another thing that we just got a translation of was the first of the three artist profiles. Um, this was voice, and, and this actually we skipped over last time. It was back on page sixty-four. I did a, I, I looked around a little bit to try to find who this person was, and I, I wasn't very successful. But the, but the translator managed to locate her. But so this is Hiroku Yamazaki, um, who is a music voice journalist, and the founding director of the Sound People Mind Institute and a member of the Japanese Society for Music Perception and Cognition. So this is kind of a voice-brain academic specialist of some sort. Mm -hmm. um, also called, also a sort of a journalist. Um, and it's pretty interesting. I mean, like, I, I don't know that we need to talk a whole lot about it, but um, the, uh, you know, she's basically analyzing Sue's voice and Moa's voice a little bit, sort of making the observation that the uh, so let me just sort of mention the the basic idea. Uh, she was sort of talking about the the effect that like low bass tones have on your mood and brain and stuff, and uh, and also sort of similarly the effects of high high pitched things. And was sort of talking about how like bass bass things tend to have a kind of like a calming effect. And so she was actually sort of intuitively talking about the uh, the metal bass stuff um, as being sort of soothing in a way, like a calming effect that is then activated by um, Sue's high-pitched voice coming in, you know, that, that, you know, you sort of calm people down with the, with the music and then, and then sort of activate them with the higher pitched vocals, which it's interesting, you know, and apparently based in brain studies. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, she basically, um, uh, she, says you know sue's got a, a kind of like a surprising range and surprisingly long vocal cords for how short she is <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> which i thought was kind of funny and 
I also talked a little bit about, you know, everyone's voice is changing and becoming sort of stable at around age 22. You know, like that's just sort of like the human time when your voices are fairly stable. So Sue's is basically stable now and Moa's is getting there. You know, it's still changing, but getting there. And talked a little bit about Moa's sort of center, center pitch and, and a kind of neutrality of Moa Metal's voice and said it would be interesting to hear a duet between them. Mm. So, oh, that'd be amazing. That would be really cool. Oh, please go over. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting having, having you know, a music brain scientist <laughs> come in. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's not, it wouldn't have been my first thought as to like, who are we going to include in this? But anyway, there it is. I don't know. There's some, there's a, there's actually a number of things that, that we don't have translations for. So, um, there's a, some discussion of the, some the festivals and stuff. Maybe we can, the, the next thing that's sort of of interest is there's a gallery. This is page 147. Baby metal four big festival in Japan conquest. <laughs> Right, so the first page of the, the pictures is just all photos from when they performed at Summer Sonic. Mm. Even when they were tiny, tiny <laughs> in two thousand and twelve. Was that was that first picture the one they did in the food court? I think it must be. I think so. So I know that was the first one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Must have been. Twenty eighteen's missing. Is it <gasps> Is it? Was there one? Did they but, skip was one? That one? Did they? I, I don't think they played in 2018. Interesting. <laughs> oh, because I don't think they haven't they, those warrior costumes that they did in in America and Europe. They they didn't have those costumes in Japan. They just went straight to the the chosen seven costumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think they played in 2018. Oh, we need to Google this. That's got. I, I bet that that hurts, Koba. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he likes yeah, sequences and numbers and things and <laughs> um, Yeah, I think this I think this whole section is basically just, you know, promoting the fact that that they hit these big four festivals. Yeah. Actually the the text that comes before it is is I think also talking about that. Um but we don't know really what it says. It's just, you know, they've conquered the festivals. Right. Yeah, all those first ones are the um Japanese festivals. Yeah, mm. they're all Japanese. And then it goes on to the Apocalypse Tour with Wembley and Download and then Tokyo Dome. Yeah, it's, and I guess in a way these are kind of like just remember, remember when kind of photos or whatever, because we've, they're, yeah. they're all photos we've seen many times. <laughs> yeah. But they have been places. Yeah. And that amazing photo of um, Sue in 2018 when she's, with the karate uh, sign. Yeah, I uh, I was going to call that out if you hadn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is <laughs> that is that's got to be like one of my favorite photos of her. Yeah, I th- like the lighting, just the fact that it's so central, and her hand is just perfectly just yeah symmetrical to her, her face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you have a demonstration of how far her fingers bend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you know, it's this photo actually more than almost anything else is the thing that makes me sort of sympathetic to the Dark Knight Carnival costumes, because this is really like a it's a it's a it shows it in a very good light, you know. It's very intricate. It's yeah. very um, artistic. 
Oh, yeah, it's probably the most intricate costume that they've done. Although the recent costume is pretty... Um, mm-hmm. Well, it looks like it's very hard to make. <laughs> very I'm detailed. sure there are people who have tried. <laughs> oh, they have. <laughs> and they've done a really good job. Oh, now we're on to the... Um, are we moving on to the costumes? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty interesting. Um, I think Faku had a um, spreadsheet or something, uh, or maybe it was not a spreadsheet, but just like a, a gallery of these before. But I, um, it's neat that they're, there's a sort of official one now. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice to see all these costumes. Those first ones are very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we know from a diary or something that they're all like borrowed, you know, like... <laughs> they were just like clothes yeah. that were around you know mm-hmm. like staff member had one of them and like something else was somebody's old thing and <laughs> if you're in Tokyo you can go see those costumes the Baymetal logo behind that mm-hmm. photo with Super the checkered shirt on that's I've never seen that logo before that, yeah that's their that's their very earliest one <gasps> um, I mean I guess it's not surprising because this is also the very earliest photo <laughs> but yeah but uh, <laughs> yeah I think you you can find that so they had uh oh geez, what was this message? <laughs> is that the is that the um th- there was a cover what album was that on? Headbanger. Oh um, man. Was it message? I'd have to go I mean, look. Actually but this might be this might not be Headbanger, this might be Doki Doki Morning. But um anyway there there was a there was a special cover that I think you could get at Tower. That, yeah. Um, like one of them was a mini putty cover and one was a big metal cover and, and I think there's probably like a sleepies cover also. Um and that had this this logo on it too. Like I think that might be what this photo is actually. That is really rare. <laughs> I saw that come by yeah, on yeah, uh, Yahoo Japan auctions at one point and it uh, you know, I watched it as the price went up and up. <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb because it's just like a little five inch square, right? I mean like it's a five right. inch glossy square that you can put in your cd case if you want <laughs> right and it was a message by the way you were right uh-huh. but it, it is funny i think it is interesting to sort of see the evolution of the concept like that um that really wasn't the direction they went <laughs> <laughs> this like sort of almost like grunge band look but i think yeah i think it, it does sort of fit with that, that initial idea of it's like you know little kids playing metal mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Putting on the clothes that were nearby and rocking out. Yeah, <laughs> they did keep the the black and red costumes for quite a long time. Really, they did. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that's probably the long reigning theme. It does seem like the the red sort of got diminished over time. But. Yeah, because it was the the shock of um Wembley and they came out with the costumes mostly black with this a hint of red on the sleeves and the collar and I was just like oh no the red is gone the red tutus are gone oh yeah although that I really like that costume the, yeah, the Wembley know, costume is really really, really, really good cool. mm-hmm. yeah they wore that one a lot yeah. and then they went back to the red and or slightly red and black tutus for Tokyo Dome right night two yeah those were sort of interesting because because they were they were so it was like red highlights or something like that. I mean, like it was, yeah. it was mixed with a lot of black. Yeah, I really love that. Well, they haven't showed the um, the black and gold costume for Tokyo, don't they? It does seem like that's not represented here. No. 
I liked that one too. Um, I think people people are kind of split on that one. Mm. What would you say your favorite costume is? Twenty fifteen. Oh, is that um... the trilogy? Red, the last mm. of the red tutu. You think? Yeah. Oh, is that is that your, the one they did at Yokohama with the tail? Um. Yeah. yeah well, it was an evolution of that one. I go back and forth on tail. Yeah, I'm. I, I I'm mostly fourth. <laughs> I'm not, the tail always looks a little weird to me. Yeah. The uh, the 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 Met Rock version of that costume. Oh yeah, with the gold um pipe, and that's the costume I made. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is the 2018 warrior costume. That one is really cool. Mm-hmm. That one grew on yeah, me a lot. Yeah, I do just because I love that the hair's down. It's just so nice. Yeah, I agree. No, I re- I re- it really. Lo- Really looks good. Wasn't really a fan of the uh, yeah. headband thing. The mm, no, I do like it though. Do you? Kind of completes the costume. Yeah, cat likes okay. it too. Cat agrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laying on the floor, stroke me. <laughs> I I actually really like the current costume. Also, um, I sort of feel like I'm a little saturated with it at the moment, so mm. I can't quite see how much I like it. I think. But, no. Um, I think when there's a different one, I will like it again. Right. Um, oh, yeah, they're always so cool. Should be soldier forward, but yeah, um, yeah. So, all right, we've made it to spiritual message five, the last of the spiritual messages. Um, this is now page what one sixty two, I guess. Um, and so for this one, this one is the most recent era, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, uh, and they have. Uh, Sue Metal and Mo Metal together. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Koba's got a separate one. Right out the gate, Mo says, I don't want people to think that Baby Metal is back. I'm not back. It's a new Baby Metal. It's the current <laughs> formation in the midst of constant evolution. So we're going to continue to evolve. <laughs> I, that That's funny <laughs> to me because I'm pretty sure right after I got out of Yokohama, I tweeted, Baby Metal is back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And she saw it and she's reacting to it. Right. I just, it's like, oh, well, now I feel bad for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting. So they talk, this is, this is where they got to talk about Legend M um, and sort of planning it and trying to, trying to figure out how to, how to feature Moa more in it, Mm -hmm. make it an unforgettable day like Legend S was for Sue. Well, she said, at least I transcribed this as a, it makes me cry. I was so happy to have the celebration of my 20th birthday in my hometown, Nagoya. I was the lead vocalist for Headbanger. The moment I stood in the center and held the microphone, it was a great feeling. At the same time, I felt the greatness of Sue Metal, who always stands in the middle and sings all the parts. I think I was really able to learn a lot of things at that show. And so, Sue just says, I had a lot of fun dancing my metal's part. Yeah. <laughs> and I can picture that, and it makes me laugh. <laughs> like this actual interaction. Yeah. I don't want to be in that part for long, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, like, here's this, you know, nice message and thought from OML speaking to the interviewer. And then, so she's like, oh, I had a lot of fun dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very on brand. It it is, I and and Ma says the guitar thing made the the performance very special. Um, only the fox god knows whether I'll be playing guitar in the future. So again, we have further further reasons to think that at least Ma thought she was playing the guitar in Shine. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think uh, so. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think um, when this was new, people were reading, interpreting this as more was saying that she wants to do more lead vocaling. Um, I don't think that's what she's saying. I think she was saying this was really interesting doing this. I don't think she was saying anything about like what she might want to do in the future. Uh, although the guitar, maybe, <laughs> maybe she is saying that she might want to do that in the future. That mm-hmm. does sound like it's a little bit more up in the air. Sue mentioned that, that the U.S. tour included places we played live in the past and didn't go so well. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's true. Uh, I think, I think we all thought when Kansas City got a second, second uh, visit that. That really had to do with the fact that they had the first visit. Like, they're not going to go back to Kansas City twice, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that. Yeah. Nothing against Kansas City, but it is a little bit random. <laughs> yeah. It's a little remote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I had noticed during the uh, U.S. tour, after the forum, uh, you you could see almost a, a, a refreshed lightness or mood on stage. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Moa says, you know, this, the whole thing was an accomplishment. We had to practice songs prepared for the forum. It was hard. <laughs> it wouldn't have been possible without being with Sue Metal. Uh, but it gives me a great set of accomplishments. So maybe I don't mind the hard things. Um, and, and I think you could see that in their performances. Um, because, you know, they had to, they had to work on the forum that whole tour. Basically, mm-hmm. um, I think they had a week off between their last, uh, show and the forum or something like that. Um, so, you know, they were, they were constantly rehearsing the new material, you know, when they got a chance, I think. Um, and, and you could see, you could see the relief and accomplishment in the remaining, uh, what is it, three shows, four shows after the mm-hmm. forum of that tour. Um, and I think that, uh, comment from Moa kind of reinforces that idea of what I saw. Yeah, it is really interesting to, to think about that. You know, the, the fact that they had been, you know, surely rehearsing Dada Dance through that whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, they had to keep Shine yeah. alive, right? They did Shine. Yeah. Um, did they play Arcadia, too? I don't remember. I think they did. That was part of the encore, right? I don't remember. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they had, to, they, had to, they had to keep three songs that weren't in the daily set list kind of presentable before they could really, you know, drill down on them during rehearsals for the forum. It is interesting that they know these things. They know we want to hear these things, and they, they know it's not time yet. <laughs> Right. They're not going to show them to us yet. Not only because they're not perfect yet, but because, you know, they're, they're, um, it's not the, not the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say about the forum. I, it, I find it kind of frustrating that I barely remember what happened there. I mean, you know, like <laughs> I, I have the video and I have, then I listen to it, you know, but, um, and I can kind of remember the sense of being there, but I, I like, I, I feel like, a there's a lot of that show that, that, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess as I sort of think through it, um, but I'm, I'm losing my own perspective a little bit. Um, and, and it's being replaced by the videos. <laughs> it was not very long ago in perspective, but God, it feels like ages ago. Yeah. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah. The whole day was really fun though. Yeah, it was. Ke- queuing up all day with other fans is one of, is just such a highlight mm-hmm. for baby mouth shows. And it was so hot. Well, it was really hot for me anyway. Yeah, and it was pretty warm. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was unseasonably warm. And there was like no, it was like a big 
parking lot with no place that had shade. I mean, it was yeah, like, just, just like a little gathering under the trees. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was sort of a mess, but um, <laughs> but it was you know I'm glad I did it. It was fun to do. Definitely. Uh, okay, so let's see. So Sue talked uh, about uh, there, there's another another place. You know, people got kind of excited because they saw like U metal and print. <laughs> um, but uh, Sue was sort of talking about like the um, uh, this trilogy of lights, Starlight, Shine, and Arcadia, um, kind of like being a summation of the year. And so she kind of identified Starlight. You know, the release of Starlight, the date of the release of Starlight, with the date that U metal was um, decided she was going to leave. Um, and then mm-hmm. half a year later, they performed Arcadia. Um, and then Shine was performed first at Nagoya. Um, and she said, so actually, whatever, the thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that she said, I can't forget that performance of Shine at Legend Dome. I don't know how to say it. We didn't actually hold hands, but it was like we were walking hand in hand because there's already already something invisible between me and Moa Metal here. <laughs> Moa so, nods, <laughs> smiles. Yeah. But it was, it was <laughs> sort of um, that one performance of that one song that was the closest thing to a sort of like a duet they have done. It, that was really neat. It was designed for two. Mm-hmm. It was spectacular. Yeah. It's so special. I I watch, still watch that regularly. Mm. Moa nodded and smiled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so let's see. They, they talked a little bit about the, the EU tour and everybody, everybody talked about how cold it was. <laughs> oh, it was so cold. And have you noticed that Sue mentions that also the food varied? And Moa didn't even mention the food. <laughs> yeah. She said it was her first time in Northern Europe, and she was surprised. I don't know what this meant exactly, but she was surprised somehow by the variety of things in Russia. <laughs> Maybe she just yeah. had a very two-dimensional view of Russia. Could be. Ooh, so cold. Yeah. Got to visit four places in England. Yeah. Second, yes. It's like their um, second home. <laughs> Isn't the, that what they say? That's what they say. Four, or four places in the UK. Two in England. Okay. All right. Oh, sure. Sorry. <laughs> Wales and Scotland are separate. Yeah. <laughs> Sue said uh, that they, they sort of talk a little bit about you know how they're older now, and um, Sue says that she's she gets a bit she sort of feels a, a bit more scared as she gets older. You know, the, like she doesn't feel pressure, and she doesn't get that nervous. But she but nevertheless, there's uh, kind of like a a fear that comes with age. <laughs> Yeah, probably just more aware of what people will think and whatnot. Yeah, and and Moa's, uh, I guess she's responding to something the interviewer interviewer was saying. But um, she, Moa said something along the lines of, "You know, I think you overestimate how well known Babe Metal is. <laughs> um, there's not that much pressure. You know, wherever I go, there's many people I haven't met yet, and I don't think we've achieved world domination yet. When we get there, then I'll feel pressure." <laughs> Moa again being hilarious. The interview is done in sort of modern times, and so there's a, at least a little bit of a uh, acknowledgement of the like the pandemic present. Sue says that uh, she wants to keep, you know, despite that, you know, she despite the shutdowns and all that stuff, she wants to keep showing what baby metal can do, and so she's still looking forward to meeting you all and overcoming this hurdle like other hurdles. Okay, so I think the the next and last of the spiritual messages is Koba's. You know, so I th- again, it's a little bit more sort of like about the lore, <laughs> but. He talked a little bit about the formation of the Avengers, and he talked again about liking pro wrestling. He he thought that this whole thing should be sort of cast within some some kind of story or drama, so not just adding support dancers, but adding some kind of like story with protagonists that goes along with this. Uh, and he gives these examples that I don't, you know, 
understand exactly but he's you know he wanted the protagonist to be to fit in so that they so it wouldn't be like having a character from dragon ball showing up in doraemon <laughs> i don't know if this means anything to <laughs> it probably means something to somebody but um uh, i guess these are two different shows <laughs> yes they are different shows um but the, so the idea of the avengers actually uh, it really does seem like he did have the actual Avengers concept in mind with like new here, all kinds of heroes fused together from different places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't completely just like Avengers sounds like a cool word, you know? Right. Mm, yeah. Um, talked a little bit about Glastonbury being um, kind of a, a, a big challenge, you know, had to, they had to, they had to be like in motion right after the second day of the Yokohama show, no rehearsals, some technical problems, different staff, different environment, different sound. Um, and the, the sound of Glastonbury, at least, uh, well, I think the recorded sound, at least if not the, uh, on the ground sound was not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember if that was the, the show where we, they, we had the accidental background mics. Yeah. Right at the start. Yeah, it was, it was on the stream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> That's the one, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it was Seuss um, singing Megitsune as well. Yes. Yeah. Just testing the, testing the mic. It was like, ah. Right, and, and, and also sort of like testing different notes as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so talking about um, Metal Galaxy and Papaya, um, Kobo said that uh, Metal Galaxy is the theme of traveling in the world with metal, which I guess we sort of deduced. Um, uh, for Papaya, I was working on the song in Asia, and I wanted a popular Thai rapper to rap in Thai, so I contacted him through the contact form or something like that on the website. It's <laughs> <laughs> so wild to me. I mean, it does seem like this really is, it's its like, you know, class video project level yeah. stuff. <laughs> it's amazing that it works. Like, that's something I would have done. Yeah. What I told him about the images of the collaboration, his like Koba's idea of what this was going to look like was Beauty and the Beast. So F Hero makes the song exciting. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. I guess just the the last note about um uh the the pandemic, right? Yeah, so after Moscow everything got canceled. <laughs> so right. uh, we wanted to do something with the theme Stay Home, Stay Metal. Um which we did in the form of online showings of previously released shows on YouTube. And to make it more like a show, we had reprinted goods from the time. And so, so Koba's idea is that, uh, this is, this is a way to make it more like a live show rather than and, a way to sell merch. And, you know, make some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we wondered whether we could do something to help the rock make on. Um, so. Oh, we'll have that to talk about on the next episode. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So it's next week. It is next week. Yeah. That's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be so good. I'm gonna be on Japan time because Bandmate is like the next, the next day. The next oh, day. Oh, are they doing one as well? That's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna be up really late for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Okay, so anyway, I think we made it through the most major things that are in here. So, mm-hmm. um, there are some some further things that might be worth. A quick mention. Um, the next thing in the in the book is you might recall that we were asked as a fan base to come up with ten words that describe baby metal or mm-hmm. what baby metal means or something like that. And then we were 
asked to, I don't know, just to fill out a little form with a little, a little paragraph or whatever. I think this is it. I think this is the result of that. None of it is in English. So the dream of having some of our English commentary get in there was crushed. <laughs> right. Um, the next thing that is maybe interesting is the rare item collection. So Yeah. Um, and of course, this isn't all of the rare items. <laughs> but uh, No, there's far more rare items on there. But it is kind of fun to, to see, like, which of these things do I have? Which of yeah, these things do you have? Like, just tick off the ones yeah. that you have. I don't, I mean, like, yeah. there are there are plenty that I don't. Um, no, yeah, of course. Well, the, f- the first one out of, out of the pages, I have the uh, the Baby Metal Death masks. I actually wore it today. Oh. Ah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And so the... Um, the uh, the mask like the pandemic type masks <laughs> that kind of mask not the fox mask oh yeah not yeah. not the <laughs> <laughs> not the fox mask yeah. now I'll just walk around the supermarket with my fox mask yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah so the um on the on the first page they have um this 2013 Bay Metal Apocalypse book that that thing is actually really pretty cool um that took me a while to get and it was not cheap to get but i i do have i have a version of that that, that and it has basically um uh it's a bunch of photos and it's a bunch of it's like lyrics illustrated by by the members um and one version of it has a a cd like a special cd with it which i don't have that i don't have the special cd but anyway this was this is sort of the thing that predated the one was was sort of the the setup of that um and at the end, actually, the I think the last of the pieces of it, it comes in several pieces, but the last of the pieces is like a, a pop-up kind of like landscape thing. Mm, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous, basically. Um, uh, and then I don't have, there's a Legend IDZ uh, box set that comes with like a, a hood thing, hooded towel. I do not have that. No, I don't. The, or the corset. Um, there's the Budokan, <laughs> which I yeah I've, I forever I, that is I really love these like little bits of humor. So um, what actually annoys me? So this is the the Budokan um, Red Knight Black Knight um, the one set basically, and but it comes in this can, this octagon can. Uh, is it an octagon? Maybe it's a hexagon. I don't know. But um, anyway, it, it comes in this like this can and the and on the box it says budo can <laughs> which it annoys me that it doesn't actually say that on the tin it's only on the box outside but um but i find that very funny um and so that comes with these little like keychain coffins and things like that <laughs> we've talked everybody's ears off i know everybody's leaving the chat. <laughs> yeah i can see that <laughs> yeah we are in about two hours yeah are we really? Yes, sir. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Good grief. Okay, we're almost done. We're almost done. We should let's not do a part three. Um, no. Is there anything? So I will. Um, I'll just call out a specific specific things that are in here rather than go through them all. But I really like the magic circle pyramid. It's like a Rubik's cube type thing in a pyramid shape. I do. I do have that, but it's it's so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> As in, like, it's, like, cheaply made. It's actually quite expensive, but it's just stickers on some plastic. 
literally like a Rubik's cube. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I, I really like yeah. this as a concept. I think it looks really cool. Yeah. Only at a distance. <laughs> yeah. Because it's um, like mine doesn't even fully work. I mean, like there's a, it, it, there's um, one of the pieces is like slightly broken. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't kind of twist as fluidly as I thought it would. But yeah. Yeah. so it looks nice, but it it's not it's not fun. Mm. Um, uh, they have a one of the more ridiculous things they've had is a symbol case bag in 2016 with like the Tokyo Dome, um, does like rose design or whatever but um who, who, oh yeah i mean <laughs> like who, how many other fans have symbols to carry around <laughs> and they but they lack a bag yeah yeah and the funko pops yeah i kind of hope that someday there'll be new ones oh i'm i i got loads of people to submit a um a form requesting the new outfits uh-huh. nice <laughs> i kind of started something so maybe we'll hear something from that, I don't know. That would be nice. I don't know. I don't know if we will, but it would be nice. No. Well, if you're listening to this, please go on to the Funko Pop website and submit <laughs> a request for the new costumes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be cool. Uh, a fair amount of the what remains are artist messages from uh, various artists. Um, so, And a lot of these are in English, so you, you can read them yourself. And, and they actually don't really say very much, <laughs> to be honest. They're all like, uh, you know, congratulations. It's been a joy, that kind of thing. So they have um, Jay Weinberg from Slipknot. They have Rob Helford from Judas Priest. um, Ollie Sykes from Bring Me the Horizon. And Herman Lee from Dragon Force. Herman Lee's probably the most elaborate of these messages. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just turning the page, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it's it's this little sort of like humble brag. You know, it's like, we're pretty picky about who we work with. (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah. but we were excited to work with Bay Metal. Um, one thing that I do that uh, was made, I think, even clearer here than from the Twitch stream before was that um, Road of Resistance was basically written by somebody else. I mean, like, mm-hmm. Road, of, they, Road of Resistance was written in the style of Dragon Force and delivered to Dragon Force. And then mm-hmm. the Dragon Force people, you know, added their guitars. <laughs> it wasn't as much of a collaboration as I kind of thought. Anyway, that was interesting. And there's a uh, Mikiko Metal um, special special message as well. Given that I'm feeling the pressure of the time, if maybe we will, maybe we can bundle this Mikiko Metal one with the next one that we get <laughs> from PMC or whatever yeah, it is. Just, yeah, we can add that section in. Um, I'm not sure that there's a whole. There's not a huge amount new here. They, like we mentioned, I think last time we recorded that um, Mikiko also observed that after the Wembley show, Yui and Ma particularly were not happy with their performance somehow. I'm, again, I'm going to have to go watch that thing and try to figure out what it is they think they did wrong. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't think... Yeah, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But then I guess uh, basically what's left after that is a, like it's a list of their shows and like some kind of glossary. <laughs> it's know, like so a timeline. <laughs> if you wanted to see what the, what the meaning of Big Metal Apocalypse is, uh, you can look yeah. that up and it will tell you in Japanese. <laughs> that sort of thing. Fox sign, Fox day. But, so anyway, I guess that, I would say that concludes the Karakaro book. Are we, are we happy with that? Everybody's like, I think please so. stop, please stop, yeah. please stop. <laughs> please close your textbooks. <laughs> There's a, um, 
event called the Ig Nobels, which is uh, rewarding. Uh, basically, there's like what seems to be kind of ridiculous scientific research, like people studying things that should have been obvious <laughs> or, or just ridiculous or something like that. And there's a an award show that they have every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part of that thing, they um, you know they they have the people who are receiving the awards give a give a little acceptance speech, and the, the, their analog to playing people off. You know, like at the Oscars or whatever, where they just like bring the music up to get people to stop talking. The analog to this in the Ig Nobels is they have like a little a little kid come in from the side and start like tugging on the person's shirt, saying, "I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored," <laughs> until they stop. Because you know we're doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking, uh, maybe particularly of of uh, this with respect to me talking at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anything else we should be saying? I don't think so. No. Okay. Just looking forward to um, the next live show. Yeah. Stream yeah. next week. Yeah, that is a that's amazing how soon that is. Yeah. I can't quite grasp it, but so um, yeah, we'll definitely we will have had a week to process it next time we yeah convene. So I'm, and that's I'm gonna definitely going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I'm watching, I think I'm going to write notes because I want everything to be fresh in my mind to speak about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I will probably. I wonder if they'll let us see it a second time. Like, uh, there's you know, an archive. Because we paid for the stream. Okay. Yeah. There's an archive. You have, you have to pay again. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and buy another shirt. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Xbook uh, in yeah. our chat, who is the last one remaining <laughs> after our, our marathon re- recording. But back when the, back when we were doing the news, I kind of thought uh, there's not that much left of this, so we can stretch out the news. <laughs> very very bad idea. Yeah. But okay. Anyway, I will close it. So that's it for this episode. Hooray! You can join Yay. us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord server to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find us, so please do that. We'll be back here in about two weeks. We hope you'll join us then, and until then, see you. <laughs>